Hi, we are in a new episode of the History and Politics podcast, and we have a great guest. We have Brianna Coyle, who has been an activist at, at the Libertarian Party for the uh, for the recent years, and and uh, has left since uh, since the Mrs. Caucus takeover. And we are going to talk about what is going on in the Libertarian Party and more broadly Libertarian politics. Hi, Brianna. Hey, how you doing? So I think it is curious because, um, well, in the U.S., a lot of times there is talk about libertarianism. Sometimes, like the Libertarian Party, plays kind of an extreme role in that it is one institution that is officially libertarian, but at mm -hmm. the same time, people don't want to conflate the Libertarian Party with the entire libertarian movement. But at the same time, when there are news. Um, big news about kind of of this uh, takeover that has happened by the Mises Caucus. Uh, like a lot of things get fused uh, with people thinking that the Mises Caucus represents kind of the natural string of, of libertarianism, yes. uh, and 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 a lot of 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 of, of kind of uh, very vague notions. So so can you introduce us as to to what was the libertarian party? And 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 what happened after? Like, uh, what what has been happening in more recent times? Yeah, sure. So essentially, well, first I'm going to preface this by saying um, the word libertarian means different things uh, to different people in different countries, right? So the American Libertarian Party is in the classical liberal minarchist Rothbardian tradition. Um, They formed in 1971, and initially it was a coalition between the old right and the new left, but after the years went by, the party began growing more from the, you know, people who used to be in the Republican Party versus people who used to be in the Democratic Party, or even independents. So, anyways, what, what we basically saw happen the past couple of weeks Um, at the last convention, was we had a pack known as the Mises Caucus say they're going to take over the Libertarian Party, and they did. So what the Mises Caucus claims they stand for on their face is Austrian economics and uh, Rothbard's vision for the party, right? However, what they say they what they claim they stand for isn't necessarily what they st stand for, especially, um, well... Yeah, actually, they do claim they stand for anti-wokeism and stuff like that. Uh, they, in, in their platform, it says they don't care about the culture war, but, well, they don't specifically say it like that, but they don't care about cultural preferences. However, the culture war has been one of the biggest fuels for this group, for, for them wanting to take the party over, because many people think that the Libertarian Party has been too socially liberal. And in reality... Libertarianism has always been, you know, socially liberal. The The paleo strand of libertarianism, which is what many Mises Cox members are, didn't really come about until um, Rothbard and Rockwell created the ideology of paleo-libertarianism, which doesn't really mesh well with any other idea of libertarianism, right? So... Sorry, I feel like I'm rambling. <laughs> yeah, no, but but it's interesting what you mentioned about paleo-libertarianism because um, mm. 
I think people have associated the libertarianism more than Rodwell or Rockwell, like with with Ron Paul. And I think yeah. it is interesting that association because uh, for what I, I am reading, a lot of the rhetoric of the Mrs. Kakos is we need to to move to the enthusiasm of of of, of the of the Ron Paul days. But Ron Paul was less of a of a cultural warrior in in many ways. Like he tried to yes. have a, a much uh, moderate stance on issues. I, I remember him. He saying that uh, on on the idea of, of building walls that that walls that 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 are built to prevent uh, undocumented immigrants are going to be used uh, uh, against American citizens if they, if they want to live uh, the U.S. So it it was that kind of reasoning that that was really really interesting and and I think probably it it, it it drove many people from the from the left even to to support him um and and I think it is curious because uh, while I am aware of, of, of libertarianism some will even argue that the Mrs. Cocos not even represents libertarianism because at least libertarians were fairly centered on 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 on, on foreign policy and and it yeah. seems there is a strain of, 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 of uh, in in the Mrs. Cocos that that prefers to oppose the left as rather than than just um... than fighting for liberty. Yeah, yes, I yes. So yeah, I actually want to touch on the Ron Paul stuff for a second since you brought that up. They say they're all about you know revitalizing the Ron Paul revolution, but the Ron Paul revolution wasn't like this. Ron Paul didn't use this same rhetoric about hating the left and and all of these things. Now, I have my issues with Ron Paul too, which I'll bring up in a second. But again, the Ron Paul revolution happened in the Republican Party. That was never in the Libertarian Party. Ron Paul ran for president as a Libertarian in 1988. 2008 and 2012, when the Ron Paul revolution happened, was in the GOP. So I just want to clarify that for some people who don't know, and they say, oh, Ron Paul is a libertarian politician, with like a big L, right? He's a small L libertarian. But he was never, in 2008, 2012, he didn't run with the libertarian party. We had our own candidates during those years. So I just find it quite interesting that, you know, I find the the link to the GOP a, a little bit interesting, right? So back to Ron Paul for a second. Um, a lot of people might know about Ron Paul's newsletters. Um, quite a few of his newsletters had very racist, homophobic content. Later, it came out that those newsletters were probably written by Lou Rockwell, who is the head of the Mises Institute. So... If you put all of these pieces together, and when the Mises caucus took control over the Libertarian Party, one of the first things they did on that Twitter was thank Lou Rockwell and the Mises Institute. Isn't that interesting, right? So, I mean, I, I don't want to ramble too much about, like, all of the, the history with paleo-libertarianism and stuff like that. But it's like, I have friends who were a part of the Ron Paul revolution and love Ron Paul, and they say it, it wasn't like this. Ron Paul was all about peace and, you know, building coalitions with people, not whatever they're trying to do. Like, they're just putting Ron Paul's face on what they're doing, but it's not really 
it's not what even Ron Paul was doing himself when he was running for office, you know? Yeah, I, I think it is, it is, uh, I, I feel certainly curious, the, because uh, uh, the, the Ron Paul phenomenon, like, took many by surprise, but it seems that a lot of the interest, particularly among young people, were, you know, his anti-war rhetoric, and and that was a, a topic that was really central to 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 his message, and and rather than than kind of the, the Cold War, I, even on, on the immigration, like he was, uh, it was not a topic he he kind of centered. Um, so it it was really a, a curious uh, moment in American politics, and it, it was. Um, and Rumpel like visions about the war are are fairly complex. I, I remember uh, this will sound curious, but but he had words of praise for 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 the Latin American left, which could sound weird. Mm-hmm. But uh, but yeah, I mean he he had a much more complex position than just being against the left, like which has become kind of the the Mrs. Coco's uh, mantra. Yeah. Exactly. And there's also, like, when when you're talking about the anti-war movement, that also factors in a lot of different demographics of people. Like, some people who are anti-war are isolationists. Some people who are anti-war are anti-regime change war, but they're not anti-war for any reason, right? So it, it really... It really depends on who we're talking about. Now, when it comes to the Ron Paul movement, Ron Paul was very big on, like, national sovereignty and stuff like that. And which is fine. If the Mises Caucus wants to have that message, that's not really something I oppose. Um, however, when, you're, when you start getting into things like saying, oh, we need closed borders to protect our country, that's, that's not a libertarian position, right? The Libertarian Party has always supported open borders. The Libertarian Party has always supported the free migration of, of people and the free, you know, and free trade, Right. And this was all stuff that's been in the party platform when Ron Paul was active in the party, too. Ron Paul set the trend for people who are, you know, less pro-immigration than others to come into the party and even people who are anti-abortion to come into the party. But um, I, I, I just I don't get why people think of Ron Paul as like the sole libertarian party hero when his major accomplishments have been in the Republican Party. And now I'm not knocking him for being a liberty-leaning Republican whatsoever, but when it comes to the Libertarian Party itself, like it's a it's a partisan organization, right? The Libertarian Party is the competitor of the Republican Party and the Democratic Party. So when people are trying to to make these statements essentially about you know, oh, well, we shouldn't run against, you know, this Republican because he's good on these issues and stuff like that. It's like, I I don't know. It's just strange to me to just hear that coming from people within the party. And this is probably why the party doesn't get anywhere, because a lot of people are too soft on who our opponents are supposed to be, right? And like I said, Ron Paul ran in 1988 in the Libertarian Party. But there was a primary, and he won the primary now, um, I'm trying to remember how many votes it was. I think he had like 150 delegate votes or something. But there was also a few other people that were running against him, like Russell Means, um, and I think one or two other people. 
So it could like there could have been, you know, a, a point in time where what if Ron Paul didn't win the nomination in the Libertarian Party? It could have very well been somebody else. And he inspired so many people to join the party after they saw what the GOP did to him, right? Because the GOP intentionally kept Ron Paul out from making waves because the conversation about liberty was too much for a lot of people at the time. And especially when Ron Paul was talking about legalizing heroin in what, the 80s? (laughs) That was what people had, you know, that was unheard of for so many people. That was bold. And I can appreciate that. But that's just... That part of Ron Paul isn't necessarily what the Mises Caucus is trying to portray. They're basically taking the worst of the Ron Paul revolution, which would be the newsletters and stuff like that. And to anyone who doesn't know about the newsletters, uh, you can you can probably look them up online. I know Reason did an article about it um, quite some time ago, but there was just not a lot of great stuff in there. And Ron Paul, I believe, made an apology or whatever. But we still know who wrote them, right? And even if Ron Paul himself doesn't believe that, he still signed off on those newsletters. So we have to think about that, too. So when people criticize Ron Paul, it's not because, oh, they hate liberty or they support the wars and stuff like that. But it's like, you can be anti-war and you can love liberty, but also stand against things like racism and homophobia. It's not an either-or situation. Yeah, I think it is it is curious because uh one cool uh in have the intuition that if 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 they have a lot of conservative views, why they don't just uh join the Republican Party? So why do they uh think it's better to try to take over the Libertarian Party? Yeah, and like I get why they're trying to do it, because the Republican Party has an establishment that would be a lot that was a lot stronger than the Libertarian Party establishment because the Libertarian Party is so much smaller than the major parties, right? The Libertarian Party doesn't have the money that the Republicans do. But at the same time, one of the reasons the Ron Paul Revolution was so popular was because it was in the GOP. That's why in 1988, Ron Paul didn't do that well. But the second he switched to to GOP, he did. Because the major parties, even if you're not a part of the establishment, candidates in the major parties still get so much more attention and money and volunteers that they otherwise would not get in the Libertarian Party. So, like, I I don't know. There's a number of theories as to why they want to take over the party. My biggest theory is that they want claim to the word libertarian. That's what they care about most. They care about being the sole arbiters of what the word libertarian means. They want their idea of libertarianism to be the only idea of libertarianism. And I vehemently disagree with that because libertarianism is a spectrum of different ideologies. There is left libertarianism, there's right libertarianism, and then there's a million different types in between. (laughs) Yeah. So... They paleo libertarianism, honestly, is the one that doesn't fit with the rest. And they'll say like, "Oh, well, we're not officially paleo libertarian," but they very clearly are. If you know what paleo libertarians advocate for, and you know about you know 
the history of the figures within that movement, which isn't many people, by the way, it's like three people. Um, it, it's just as plain as day. Yeah, I think it is. It is curious because uh, in 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 these kind of uh, mental gymnastics, they on a lot of issues are going to side with the right, which not necessarily has. Uh, hasn't much libertarian position. Many cases support anti-libertarian positions. Like, uh, as someone who is from Peru and has lived all his life in Latin America, one of the curious things when 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 um, is that to know that in in, in the U.S. a lot of uh, anime was censored because it, it portrayed gay relationships. Like, uh, I think Sailor Moon was heavily cut, uh, Run One and a Half. So, so things that could sound very simple and. In Latin America, in some ways, at least in the polls by religious affiliation, is much more larger. But it didn't seem to be something like that 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 it could generate a, a kind of cultural war. It largely it it it, it didn't. Like uh, you know, like uh, there wasn't no censorship. Like um, I, I guess in the two thousands, like it started like faded off for, for from the TV, but it was basically just with music videos. It they were online so so just it wasn't uh, the business of, of playing them. But the curious part is that um it also seems to be a uh this thematic of 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 of, of right libertarianism kind of a global trend because in some ways like Jair Bolsonaro in Brazil, now Javier Milei in 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 Argentina, um, or even um, in Spain, Vox, uh, even if not explicitly libertarian, like it tries to make a kind of free market claims. Um, it is quite curious, this kind of, of, of very large uh, um, coalition that 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 has some even if vaguely libertarian links and and I think it it, it goes back to 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 the U.S. and and the and the issue with the with the, the with the Mrs. Caucus and the libertarian party that I think in popular perception there is a view that that, that libertarians are more um, in line with with uh, with Republicans but something that was interesting that David Shore the 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 American pollster was mentioning is that when there was an election and 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 uh, and there wasn't a libertarian party candidate sometimes more libertarian uh, uh, more libertarian in general public kind of voted for for the for the democrat so that could surprise many people but yes on obviously on social issues uh, it, it, they are in principle, much closer. So I, I think it kind of, and it shouldn't be that surprising. But uh, but how does the dynamics are going to be now, and and how how large has been the exit of the Libertarian Party? I don't actually know what the numbers are yet. I'm sure we'll be able to find out at some point because every so often the LNC will release membership numbers. Um. But yeah, I, I know dozens of people who are leaving for one reason or another. And it's mostly because of this. It's mostly because of this group of people that are making people very uncomfortable 
um, just coexisting within this party uh, with the, with them at this point. Um, something that was very interesting was at the national convention, um, there was a guy with a mic and he was telling people, you know, how many conventions have you been to? And everyone stood up and, you know, if you've been to one or two or three, you know, you, you, you keep standing, right? So if you've only been to one, you sit down. If you if he calls two and you've been to two and you haven't been to three, you sit down at two. So basically when they were doing that, ha about half of the room sat down after the first one because this was their first convention. These people who were voting for the, the future of the party in lockstep with what the Mises caucus is telling them to do. A lot of them had never even been to a libertarian party convention before. A lot of them had been brand new to the party. So what they're trying to do is they're trying to shape it into what they want it to be rather than what it is and what it has been for years, for the better or worse, right? Even if you disagree with the, you know, the pragmatic point of view that the party's had for the last couple of years, it, it doesn't change, you know, the rest of the party's history. You can't just pretend that it doesn't exist. They're trying to change it into something else, not, you know, bring it back to its origin story. I was somebody who is uh, a radical that wanted to restore the old platform because the platform, the old platform was very radical and I supported that and I wanted that to be the current platform, but that's not what they're trying to do. Um, yeah. So when it comes to people leaving, sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off, go on. Yeah, I think the old platform called for the repeal of the Taft-Hartley um, Act, if I'm not a uh, mistake, right? Hmm probably yeah that was interesting i think kevin carson mentioned that as as an example when when that was mm. revealed that that how yes. kind of the, the 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 attempt of trying to appeal to to the republican party which in some ways has been a constant to try to appeal to to republicans but it hasn't been accomplished and, and now like not only that but it seems like donors are are quitting the party so um, yep. that is I, I know a few major donors who have left the party, at, at least uh, two or three of them that I'm aware of. Yeah, that's who are a, big donors. That's an interesting uh, element. Another thing I, I, I wanted to ask you was about the the uh, you you have mentioned the, the kind of a strategy of of sometimes not running candidates, which it seems like some people are implying that that is going to happen in races where mm -hmm. there are a Republican they like. And, yes. and, and that is going to be curious because uh, the, the American electoral system has very particular rules around, uh, which differ in, 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 in all 50 states. And yes. And that makes that in some races, if you don't present a candidate, you lose your ballot access. So how, exactly. what's the, the, the reasoning be, beyond that? Have they made any, any statement? So I haven't seen anything uh, official like that yet, only rumors. But there are some talks about uh, certain members are saying that they shouldn't run a candidate against Ron DeSantis. Right. Some people are upset about that down in Florida. But, yeah, like you said, if you don't run a candidate, even for statewide office and get a certain percentage, you lose your ballot access and then you can't run local candidates under the party line. So, like, 
And this goes back to, to what I was saying about messaging. They only care about promoting a certain message. I don't think they actually care about getting people elected to begin with. So it all comes down to what the strategy really is. If their strategy is to just have some type of culture war party that pushes the Republican Party further to the right, uh, then maybe that's what they're trying to do. I don't know. You know, we won't really know until, you know, we have one or two election cycles pass and we see what they're actually doing. Yeah, that's something interesting. And the other issue, speaking of elections, is uh, the presence of, of, of Justin Amash in the in, in the Libertarian Party convention. And he he's rumored to be a, a presidential candidate in the, in the next election. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and when he quoted Mrs. He was booed <laughs> from the stage, which was yes. kind of surreal. Uh, I I think it it is curious. So so what do you think is is going to be the the role of of, of Justin Amash? Because he clearly doesn't have uh, sympathy for the Mrs. Caucus, yet he he still remains uh, a member of the party. So I think Amash probably assumes they're going to fizzle out and other people will come in and fix things up. I don't actually think that's going to happen because a lot of the people who otherwise would have tried fixing things are all leaving. There's still some people who are staying and are going to try to do that, but I don't know how successful they'll be. I think Amash is probably just waiting around to see what happens and especially because he just left the Republican Party and he just joined and then this happened, right? He probably didn't expect this to happen and he doesn't, you know, he's probably never, never seen something like this before in a minor party. In the major party, you know, there's power struggles all the time that go back and forth. But in a minor party, it's a lot more difficult to really get back from that because the, the word libertarian already has a negative perception to a lot of people as it is and it's going to get worse after this. So now... Justin Amash has to decide, you know, does he want his name to be attached to that or not? He's going to have to spend a lot of time condemning statements that come out. And he's done that before. He said um, things against the, like New Hampshire's messaging uh, because of how, you know, edgelordy it was. So Justin Amash has, has said things, but he's probably just going to take the, the wait and see approach. And it's quite funny that you mentioned him being booed at the convention. I saw that um in person, I actually booed the first two quotes because they were against anarchism, but the other <laughs> quotes were fine. Um, and and like I, I didn't boo because it was him or anything. Just I thought it would be funny. But yeah, <laughs> a lot of people did don't even know those are quotes from Ludwig von Mises because they've never read Ludwig von Mises because the Mises Caucus isn't about Ludwig von Mises. They just use him as a pretty face, but Mises was a liberal. The whole caucus is very anti-liberal. That that's the most interesting part of anything, really, because they're using people like Mises and Ron Paul, who are pretty, um, I, I would say, pretty non-offensive, pretty non-controversial. But then they're taking their likeness and then they're attaching all of these very controversial messages to these historical figures. So th- that's what I think is quite interesting. And a lot of people who aren't re- well-read probably don't care about, you know, Mises or other, you know, political theorists or economists. But it's just baffling to me that people who would call themselves the Mises Caucus, who are part of the 
a group named after this guy don't actually know about the guy that the group was named after. Yeah, that's that's certainly curious. Something that I was going to to ask you: What do you think it, it's going to be the 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 kind of uh, opposed libertarian party kind of 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 move? Because there are several uh, third parties, uh, and and there are probably some some libertarians that will um, uh, even be tempted to 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 join the the Democrats because. I think Jared Polis has had generated uh, some expectation. Also, I'm not sure if he he wants to to run for office that rather than than, than the being governor of, of Colorado. But but um, what do you, do you see about this this kind of panorama of the people that are living? Where, where do you think are they they going to end up? So you bring up something very interesting, and I'm glad you brought that up, uh, Jared Polis. So. A lot of people know about the Republican Liberty Caucus, right? Um, whether or not they are actually very libertarian is up for debate. But they exist. They say that they're a libertarian caucus in the Republican Party. Well, a lot of people ask, like, oh, well, why don't we have that in the Democratic Party? And there is such a group. It's called the Democratic Freedom Caucus. They've been around since the 1990s. Um, they're not quite as well known as the Republican Liberty Caucus, but they're a thing, right? And I think more more people are going to look at Jared Polis and be like, wow, that's what I would call a libertarian Democrat. And, the, you know, libertarianism is a, an ideology, right? It's not attached to a political party, per se. A lot of voters might not quite understand that because the, when they think of libertarian, they might just think of the libertarian party, but not small l libertarianism, right? But we have libertarians that are in every political party. We have libertarians that are in the major parties and other third parties. I think quite a few people are going to go back to the major parties. I know some that are going to the Democrats, some that are going to the Republicans. And I know some people that are going independent, some people that don't want to be involved in politics anymore after this because the they thought the LP was their last hope. And then there's going to be some people that go to groups like um, the Pirate Party. The Pirate Party's definitely been um, trying to reach a lot of those disaffected libertarians. And they even had a bit of a Twitter battle with the Mises Caucus as well. So I, I thought that was pretty funny. And and yeah, people are going to all different, different paths. And I, I've said this, I, I've wrote about this before. Everyone is going to want to do something different. The liberty movement is always going to be there. It's always going to be a large coalition of people. But right now, a lot of those people just don't want to be within that party. They might seek out another party or something else altogether. And that's fine. What I can only hope is that people who are leaving the LP stay in touch with the network of people that they, you know, that they've they've met throughout their years in the party. And I know people that have been in the party for 20, 30, 40 years, right? Some of them are leaving after that long time. So I'm kind of, I'm kind of excited in a way. I'm really excited to see what becomes of all of these different groups and what people end up doing. And we'll see what ends up being more successful. We'll see if it'll be the Mises Caucus Libertarian Party. We'll see if it'll be the Democratic Freedom Caucus, or the Pirate Party, or the Republican Liberty Caucus, or something else, you know? I I'm just gonna 
wait a couple years and we'll see what happens. Yeah, that's that's an interesting reflection. I, I feel that this is a, a really a curious moment because in some ways, like, uh, um, I feel that uh, it has been curious, like, for a lot of, of years, it was the, the rhetoric of, of trying to to get you know someone known of that had you know like a whole office and and, and that has happened in the past with with mm -hmm. Ron Paul himself with which came uh, was a candidate when when he already had been a congressman happened with Bob Barr happened with Gary Johnson twice but it, it didn't like uh, was really like that changing in the matter of votes Gary Johnson I, I guess it, it it was able to, to kind of reach a larger audience um yeah. which which is curious but uh but yeah it, it's going to be curious uh the to see the 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 future of 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 the lower train movement in the u.s uh, and 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 it's certainly something uh that that could be very unexpected Yeah, and, and there's also, besides the party, there's tons of libertarian organizations that exist in the U.S. Um, and even outside the U.S., there's the, what is it called? The International Alliance of Libertarian Parties. And there's other organizations that, you know, keep in touch with affiliated groups in other countries. I know there's the Libertarian Party of Russia, and they were fighting with the Mises Caucus, too. They... they <laughs> It was amazing because the Mises Caucus was saying things about Russia and Ukraine and they didn't know what the hell they were talking about. And the Libertarian Party of Russia had to step in and be like, you know, you you guys don't know what you're talking about. They didn't say it like that, obviously. I don't remember the, the content of the conversation, but I remember seeing that a bunch of times of them going back and forth. So, like, I, I really... Uh, it, it's an interesting time to be a libertarian in the U.S. That that's all I can say. The libertarians in other countries must must be wondering like what the hell is going on here. <laughs> yeah, I think probably they have that that in mind. Although in other countries also like libertarian politics are getting more weirder. Um, yeah. So Brianna, it has been really a, a pleasure talking to you. So where where do people uh, kind find uh, your uh, uh, what you find you in line what you have read and what you so you can find me on Twitter as b1 coil or really you can probably just like search my name and stuff will come up <laughs> but oh and um, if anyone wants to reach out to me personally my gmail is Brianna coil zero one at gmail.com um, and yeah always looking forward to, to hearing from people and stuff like that. And, and really, I, I just want to say to anyone that's listening, like, if you've been disaffected by the Mises Caucus, there there's a place for you to go. There will always be different places for you to go. You're not stuck dealing with the party. And for people who aren't even in the party that are just interested in hearing about this, I would definitely recommend um, following Reason Magazine because they've been keeping on top of this and just, you know... Pay, paying attention to, to what happens because the news has been very interesting since the takeovers happened and I think it's going to get a lot of eyes and honestly for the sake of libertarians everywhere we have to just make sure that people know that not all libertarians are in the Mises caucus they do not represent us 
once we clarify that for people, I think it'll make things a little better um, for those who call themselves libertarians, because a lot of people are just ashamed to call themselves a libertarian because they don't want to be associated with people like the Mises caucus. I don't really know if the the narrative around the word is going to change, but definitely I would still try anyway. I would still try to tell people to make sure that other people know that this is an internal faction war and not all libertarians are in the libertarian party. That's especially important. You know, libertarianism is an ideology that's based around maximizing human freedom and whatever you call it, if you want to call it libertarianism or liberalism or don't want to put a label on it at all, most people would agree that people ought to have more freedom, that the government interfering in people's lives probably doesn't always have the best results. And I think that's something that resonates with people worldwide, especially in countries that have more authoritarian governments. So, yeah, I mean... That's the number one thing that I would say should be a takeaway from from what's happening in the party. Just fight for your values regardless of how it's done. It doesn't have to be done through the Libertarian Party, through a specific political party. Um, There's plenty of ways to do that and to each their own. Different people are going to want to do different things and that's fine, you know. Yeah, that's uh, political strategies uh, need to diverge in order for for them to be successful. And yeah, it, it it's certainly going to to be a, a very interesting time. I I think uh, um, there there was uh, even if that has been kind of tragic what has happened with the libertarian party, the libertarian movement need a kind of shakedown to to kind of try to look at other ways to, to appeal to people rather than try the old ways that not always have worked. Yeah. So thanks, Brianna. It has been really a pleasure talking to you. Yes, thank you so much for inviting me on.